Hello, and welcome to the Life Center Podcast. We're a church in Tacoma, Washington that exists to inspire our community to love and follow Jesus. To find out more about what's going on at all of our campuses, you can download the Life Center app, interact with us on social media, or visit lifecenter.com. Let's jump into this week's message. Thanks for listening. Well, good morning. Thanks for being with us today at Life Center, whether you're watching online or here with us in person. We're glad that you've chosen to be here today. And this is a a special day uh, for us as a church community as we take time to reflect, to remember, and honor the life and the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. In fact, uh, our team, over the coming week, you'll see throughout our social media each day different quotes and different opportunities to reflect and remember just the significance that he's played in our nation, but also the impact that he's had on the church. And so uh, we are, we're thrilled that you're with us today. In a moment, we're going to continue on in our series that we've entitled Closer. We're spending the first month of this brand new year talking about what it looks like for us to actually draw closer to Jesus in the midst of a distanced world. This is really important because I think so many people, they're they're growing comfortable, they're growing conditioned to the reality, the dynamic of distance. But I want to remind us, when it comes to Jesus, we should never settle for distance. He's got so much more for us. And over the last number of weeks, we've journeyed through Hebrews chapter 10. We've looked at what it looks like to draw closer to Christ, to draw closer in community, and today I want to bring this to a conclusion by talking about the dynamic of confidence and drawing closer to confidence. How many know confidence is a good thing? Uh, a lack of confidence is usually not helpful. But we're going to talk about the, the dynamic of confidence and really what Hebrews 10 calls us. As followers of Jesus, and I understand, listen, I know not everybody here or everybody watching online, you're not yet a follower of Jesus, but my hope is that as we look to scripture today, our hearts would be open. We would see the beauty and the sufficiency of who Jesus is. I want to begin by asking this question. How many of us have ever had our confidence shaken? You ever ever been in one of those seasons, those moments, those those situations where you you were full of confidence before it happened, but then your confidence got a little bit rattled? You found yourself moving from this forward motion to now back on your heels? Confidence shaken. I know this uh, April, my wife and I, Amber, we're going to celebrate 18 years of marriage. Looking forward to that. God has been good. We have three children, so it it is good. It is good. But how it started, I wasn't sure in the midst of our first date if there was going to be a second date. Not because of her, but because of me. I remember that day clearly we went out to eat with some friends and At that point, she lived in Yakima. I was attending college at Northwest University, so I was living in Kirkland. This is back in the olden days, by the way. This is when cell phones still had roaming. Anybody remember that? And and I'm trying to figure out how on earth am I going to keep this relationship going? Because I I like this girl. I want to get to know 
this girl. And so I come up with a plan and I say to her, hey, you know, you enjoy shopping. Yakima is not the shopping capital of Washington State. Um, it is the Palm Springs of Washington though, right? And you believe that until you go to Palm Springs and then you realize it's a little bit different. But I remember thinking, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite her next time she comes over to Bellevue Square. Why don't you give me a call and I'll take you to lunch? And I was thinking, man, this, this is such a good plan. And, and I say that to her, hey, next time you come over, give me a call and I'll take you to lunch. And she looks at me and she goes, actually, I don't call boys. Confidence shaken. Because all of a sudden, you know when your confidence gets shaken, how words just start coming out of your mouth? She says this to me, and I say, uh, yeah, I don't call boys either. That's dumb. <laughs> and she sees me struggling, and I'm hearing alarms going off in my head, and, and I go from this kind of forward confidence to now I've had my confidence shaken. I'm back on my heels. And she goes, but, but what I could do, I could give you my number, and you could call me. I was like, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> and I just got to say, God is good, because all these years later, three kids, it's all good. It's all good. It's all Good, but when, when we get our confidence rattled, it's a challenge, isn't it? Think about it for a moment. As, as you consider the dynamics and the realities of 2020 or, or the uncertainties of 2021, has your confidence been shaken? As you think about the last number of days, weeks, months, years, maybe for you it's been decades, but, but somewhere along the line, a situation, a circumstance, a challenge showed up in life, and, and you went from kind of this, this faith-filled forward posture to, to back on your heels. See, something happens when our confidence gets shaken. When, when our confidence gets shaken, what happens? We, we get timid. We react instead of respond. We, we become passive, disengaged, and disinterested. We lose perspective. Can you say perspective? It's interesting, as you look at Scripture in the Old Testament, there was a prophet of God to his people. His name was Elijah. And as you read chapter 18 of 1 Kings, it, it opens with this statement that, that the word of the Lord, it came to Elijah. And he walked in obedience to what the word of the Lord called him to do. Even though it was a challenge, what was there? There was confidence because he received the word of the Lord. As the story goes on, he faces at Mount Carmel 450 false prophets of a God named Baal. And he goes up against one dude against 450 prophets. But here's the key. It wasn't actually just one dude. It was one dude plus God, which is always the majority, by the way. And there's this confidence inside of Elijah. And he goes up against this, this incredible challenge, 450 false prophets. And, and he defeats them. And then we read chapter 19. This time, Elijah doesn't receive a word from the Lord. He receives a word from this lady named Jezebel. It's interesting, the shift in the text, because all of a sudden, it's no longer about the word of the Lord. Now it's about the word of this person who's frustrated, this, this circumstance, this opposition. And, and we read about this man who just faced 450 prophets of Baal. And now because of the word of a woman in a place of 
authority, leadership, she's married to the king, he panics. Let me say it this way. His confidence is shaken. The same guy who, who just faced 450 prophets of Baal is now on the run, and he goes on a 120-mile journey to get to the farthest edge of the nation, as far away from Jezebel as he possibly can. Friends, when our confidence gets shaken, we lose perspective. Because the reality is for Elijah, he still had relationship with the same God. The odds were still stacked in his favor. One plus God is always the majority. And yet his confidence is shaken and with it goes his perspective. When our confidence gets shaken, we allow hope and joy and peace to be diminished in our lives, don't we? We lose the ability to walk by faith. And this is important because as we wrap up the, the last part of Hebrews chapter 10 today, I, I want us to consider this question. How is it that we actually move closer to confidence? And let me be clear, when I talk about confidence, I'm not just talking about a self-confidence. I know as many of us have grown up in, in America, we feel like that's the most important thing to, to have a sense of self-confidence. And I'm here to remind you, no, there's actually something more important, and that's a true God confidence. Because if you get the God confidence right, what you need is there. Let's look together to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, the author of Hebrews is writing to a group of people who had been faithful to Jesus and now they're, they're considering kind of distancing themselves from Jesus. And so, so far we've already seen all of these calls, these let us statements earlier on in chapter 10. And I want us to begin today in, in verse 32 of chapter 10. Listen to what it says. But recall the former days when after you were enlightened. Can you say enlightened? Uh, now, I, th I think this word is so important because some of us, as if you're a follower of Jesus, do you remember the moment when your life went from darkness and all of a sudden it felt like the light switch came on? Do you remember when Jesus went from being kind of that, that storybook Bible Jesus to the real living Jesus in your life? We, we use a word called illumination, right? where all of a sudden things that were dark, things that were murky, things that were cloudy, all of a sudden are transformed when the Holy Spirit brings illumination in our heart. And the author here is drawing these, these readers back. Hey, remember the former days when after you, you, were, you were in light, the light switch came on about who Jesus is. It says this, you endured a hard struggle with suffering. Now listen, I gotta be honest. I, I wish endurance was just a gift that showed up. Wouldn't that be nice? If, if endurance was just a gift, we could dismiss right now and hey, let's go all run a marathon together. But how many of you know endurance is built over time? Endurance is built through challenge. And it says this, you endured 
a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those who were being treated in the same manner. For you had compassion on those in prison, listen to this, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property. What? I've had my car broken into a few different times. And I can guarantee you the last thing out of Tyler Soley's mouth was, wow, thank you, Jesus. If I said thank you, Jesus, it probably had a little bit more sarcasm. Anybody else? And here's these, these followers of Jesus. They had been enlightened to the truth of who Jesus was. They, they endured persecution, hardship, challenge. Not only that, they were unjustly treated. Plundering of your property, here's the point. Since you knew that you yourselves had a better. Can you say better? Do you believe that what you have in Jesus is better? It says, you believed, you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one, a lasting one. Now here's the point. Therefore, anytime you see a therefore in scripture, you need to stop and figure out what the therefore is there for. It's drawing your attention to what was just said. So in light of all of the enlightenment that happened in your life and the willingness to endure hardship and even through the plundering of your property, you had this conviction, this belief, this confidence that you have a better possession, a better inheritance, an abiding inheritance. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great Reward. Sometimes when we think about reward in Scripture, we think about someday out there. But no, no, no. In the Greek, this is present tense. It's a great reward. Yes, for eternity, but also right now in what I'm journeying through. For you have need of endurance. So that when you've done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Do you know God has some good promises for your life? Those who are watching at home, do you know God has some promises for your life that are good? It says this, for yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. The author here is quoting from an Old Testament prophet, but, but look at what verse 39 says. Listen to this. And if you have your Bibles, maybe you want to circle this one. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed. I love this picture. There, there's, there's challenge, there's, there's questions, there's pressure all around. But guess what? Our position as followers of Jesus is not this, but this. We are not those who shrink back. And are destroyed. We are those who have faith and persevere, preserve their souls. And it goes on to verse 1 of chapter 11. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction 
of things not seen. How do we move closer to confidence? It's interesting that the author here uses this picture that that we should not throw away or cast off or, or toss aside our confidence. The picture here is like when you would ball up some some trash and you just kind of carelessly throw it aside. Why? Because it no longer has value. I want you to think maybe some of the challenge that you've walked through throughout 2020 or maybe some of the, the things that you're worried about in 2021. And have you at some point taken that, that God-given confidence and tossed it aside? In other words, instead of leaning forward, you're, you're back on your heels today. See, confidence, you got to catch this. Confidence isn't about trusting in your personality. Confidence is about trusting in God's promises. You want to talk about the source of confidence, confidence that lasts? It's not that you need to somehow change your personality. Some people say, well, I, Tyler, I just wasn't born a confident person. Again, the goal of this message is to not just build your self-confidence. It's that we would grow our God-confidence. Why? Because the one who promises is faithful. No matter the challenge, no matter the struggle, See, my concern is that that sometimes we get our eyes so focused on the challenge that we miss focusing on the king. We miss the opportunity to lean into the promises of God. Hebrews 11, verse 6, as we continue on in Hebrews 11, it says this, and without faith, it's impossible. It doesn't say it's hard. It says it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists. That's a starting point. But not just that. That he is a rewarder. He knows how to reward those who who seek him. So what that means is even in the midst of the struggle, the challenge, I have this confidence that there is a better possession. There is a better inheritance. There is an abiding and lasting promise through who Jesus is. See, this idea of confidence, so often we we want to build up our own confidence. But the key to drawing closer to confidence is actually focusing on God's promise, not your personality. Focusing on, on Him. You see, confidence is built on knowing that you have something better. I love this when I'm playing Games with my kids. Every now and then we're playing Uno. Come on, one of the greatest games ever created. And, and there's something that happens when you know that you got two cards left in your hand and they're both draw fours. You know what I'm saying? Confidence is knowing you got something better. And one of my children will smirk and try to play a reverse and I'm like, oh, that's so cute. Confidence is understanding, no, in Christ, I have something better. It's a lasting promise. It's it's an abiding promise. As we draw close to Jesus, as we, we keep community around us, understand, we are reminded of the source of our confidence, that we have something better. 
we have something better. And yet we need to recognize the enemy would love to rob you of your confidence. Let me be clear. There, there is a very real enemy. I know a lot of people, they, they don't believe in the existence of the devil. There's, there's no real enemy. It's just all luck or, or strategy in life. But no, no, no. There is a very real enemy. And, and I'm convinced with all my heart that he would love to strip you and rob you of your confidence. Why? I was studying this passage a number of years ago, and, and I felt the Lord challenge me. Tyler, the reason why the enemy wants to rob us of our confidence is if my confidence is shaken, it's impossible for me to live by faith. It, if I'm back on my heels and I'm freaking out, even though my king is still on the throne, if my confidence is shaken, it's hard for me to live by faith being sure of what I hope for, certain of what I do not see. See, to move closer to confidence, I, I want to draw our attention to, to three key ingredients. I want to talk about place, I want to talk about price, and I want to talk about pace. First, let me, let me talk about this, the, the place of confidence. Can you say place? The place of confidence. Where we place our confidence matters. What you put your confidence in, it matters. And let me be clear, the right placement for our confidence is not in ourselves. Some of you are like, Tyler, I, I came to be encouraged today. What are you doing? You will be encouraged. But it doesn't encourage you to just build yourself up without recognizing. Here, here's why we don't just put confidence in ourselves. Because we're all flawed. We all make mistakes. Scripture says this, that we're created from the dust of the earth. In other words... If, if I put so much confidence in myself, what happens when I mess up? Then what do I do? I got to read another book to, to build myself up. Got to listen to another podcast about how awesome I am. Listen, we, we don't need to be enamored with how awesome we are. We need to get, be enamored with how awesome God is. And that's the source. we got to get our place right when it comes to our confidence. See, it's not about self-confidence. The message of the gospel is not, you know what, you're so amazing, you got this. No, the message of the gospel is this. You don't got this. God loves you enough to send a rescuer to help you in the midst of your mess. That's the message of the gospel. We, we can't do this by ourselves. It's not about self I can do it. I, I can do this. No, we, we need a rescuer. So the place of confidence, friends, it matters. Why is that important to notice? Because strong confidence in the wrong object will never help you. Strong confidence in the wrong 
object is not beneficial. You ever purchase a, a used vehicle and you have all the confidence that that thing is gonna like, it's gonna be amazing. You got it from a family member, distant relative, and they're like, oh man, it runs, ama- runs like a champ. Three days later, it won't even turn over, right? Strong confidence in the wrong thing does not benefit you. If there's a bridge going over a body of water and you have such strong confidence in that bridge, but that bridge is deteriorating, that bridge is structurally in sound, can I tell you all the confidence in that thing is not going to help you. You're going to end up in the water. The place of confidence matters. And trust me, listen, this isn't a call to devaluate us. It's a call to grow our confidence in the true place, which is in Christ alone. The place of confidence, it matters. But what about the price of confidence? Can you say price? The price of confidence is this. It's it's walking by faith. Being sure of what we hope for. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. How many of us will recognize in order to live like that, there's a price tag. There's a price tag. You see, a lot of times we we think faith is just about saving us from our sin. We we put our faith in Jesus. Yes, that's true. That's theologically accurate, but it's not complete, just left alone. Why? Because scripture also calls us to live by faith. Ongoing. We, We live by faith, not by sight. We live by faith. And this is the price tag of confidence. You see, the walk of faith isn't easy, but I want to remind you, it's worth it. There's some people in this room, there's some people watching online, you've been serving Jesus for decades. And though it hasn't been easy, you would say to to the younger people, younger in their faith, listen, even though it's not easy, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. See, there's a price to say certain of what you hope for in Jesus. There's a price to to live for more than just the here and now. There's a price to follow Jesus. Just because there's a price, though, doesn't mean there isn't a reward. The, The price is there, but understand the reward is always greater. It's always greater. The place of confidence, the price of confidence. But third and finally, the the pace of confidence. Can you say pace? The pace of confidence. The pace of our confidence, catch this, it's forward, not backward. Hebrews 10.39, it reminds us, we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed. In other words, when when it comes to the position of our faith and the position of our confidence, it's not backwards, it's forwards. It's forward. But maybe you're a little bit like me, and and at times, your relationship with Jesus looks a little bit like this. Three steps forward with Jesus, four steps back, 
two steps forward, five steps back. Two forward, one forward. See, the problem is when when our confidence gets shaken, it's hard for us to continue to move forward. We're, We're uncertain. And the more uncertainty I allow to reside in my heart and my mind, and I allow that uncertainty to to plague my spirit, it's hard for me and nearly impossible for me to live by faith. The pace of our confidence, it's it's forward, friends. Don't, Don't throw it off. Don't cast it aside. Why? Because God has more. More than just what you can see right now. More than than what your senses are screaming at you. God has more. What he provides is better. It's better. That pace sometimes. It's amazing how many times I've, on a a Sunday, my, my pace is forward. And then Monday hits. You ever been there? Boss says something, stuff at home doesn't feel right, make a decision, a challenge, and and I I end up living in in a pattern like this, I just can't wait for Sunday. Can I tell you, Sunday isn't the only day you can move forward. Break the cycle. We are not those who who shrink back Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, just so that we can show back up and go, woo, ready to move forward in Jesus. Hopefully I can get a running leap this Sunday because I know Monday's coming. The pace of our confidence matters. The place, the price, the pace. Can't help as I look at this scripture in Hebrews 10. Here we are, we're we're remembering the the life and the legacy of Dr. King. How easy would it have been for him to shrink back? The challenge, the the unrelenting nature of, of moving towards justice and liberty. How easy would it have been to to throw off or, or to lose confidence. But instead, what does he do? He, he trusted God's truth and God's promises. In fact, we, we see this in, in a letter that's famous. He, he wrote it from the Birmingham jail. He said this, the early Christians, the, these are the people that we just read about in Hebrews 10, by the way. The, the first century church. It says the early Christians rejoiced when they were deemed worthy to suffer for what they believed. In those days, the church was not merely a thermometer that recorded the ideas and principles or popular opinion. It was a thermostat that transformed the mores of society. In other words, there was something in that first century church that not just looked around and said, oh, it's it's getting challenging. There was, a, there was a conviction, there was a confidence. They continued to lean forward. Why? Because they believed that God's promises were better. God's promises were true. God, God could be trusted. 
Friend, has your confidence been shaken? What's the position of your faith? You see, confidence, it's, it's not a personality thing. It's a trusting in God's promises thing. And the enemy, he wants to rob it. But I'm here to remind you today, God wants to grow it. God wants to grow that confidence. Not, not in of yourself. No, God wants to grow your confidence in him. Why? Because he can be trusted. He's good. What he offers is better. It's better. Today, whether you're in the room or you're online, would you, would you grab your smartphone, open up that Life Center app? Because I want to talk about a couple of next steps. Those who are watching online, the team's going to put a link up in just a moment. You can join with us. And I'd love for everybody to join me in this. It takes about five seconds. It really does. But one of the reasons why we do this is because we believe, whether you've been serving Jesus for three minutes or three decades, anytime we engage with Scripture, we can put something into play in our lives. That's really the key of transformation. Transformation doesn't happen just because we hear information. Transformation happens because we take information, we do something with it. So I'd love for you to take a next step with me today. I have three of them. Number one is this. Maybe today is your day to say yes to Jesus. If that's your desire, you, you want to know that your debt is paid, that you have a fresh start with God. As I said a moment ago, the, the message of the gospel is we need help. We need a rescuer. And the good news is God provided everything you need. And so all of that shame, all of that sin, all that separation, it's been dealt with, paid in full. And scripture says our part is to believe, to trust in what Jesus has done for us. Maybe that's your next step. Second next step is this. I want to encourage you to pick up your confidence. Pick up your confidence, not, not in and of yourself. Okay, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it happen this week. No, no, no. Pick up your confidence in who God is. Maybe these last number of months have, have shaken your confidence. You're back on your heels in your faith. Maybe as you look ahead into 2021, maybe, maybe instead of being forward like this, you're a little bit like this. Can I tell you? What God provides is better. You can have confidence in that. Pick, pick up your confidence in who he is and his promises. Here's the third next step. And this is where I want to challenge us as a church community. It's time for us, friends, to activate our faith. It's time for us to activate our faith. Not just gather together to build up our personal faith, but, but let's put our faith into practice. There's people in our city, there's coworkers, there's family members who don't yet know Jesus. And friends, it matters matters. And again, maybe, maybe you've been back on your heels, Tyler, I don't, I don't know what, what I should do. I don't know how to, how to reach out. And maybe, maybe you can just begin by loving somebody, serving somebody, inviting somebody to join with you at church, encouraging somebody, praying with somebody, but activate your faith, put it into practice. Would you join me in prayer right now? Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for your promises. Thank you that they are abiding, they are lasting, they are better. I pray that you would help us build our confidence, not in and of ourselves, but our confidence in you. Lord, that that would be our source, that that would be our strength. Lord, I pray that 
for those who, who have been back on their heels in their faith. Maybe they've had their confidence shaken. I pray that you would begin to rebuild and reform and repurpose in their lives, that confidence. I pray that you'd help us to be active in our faith. Lord, there's a world around us that's looking for hope and we know the only true hope, the only lasting hope is found in you. So help us get active. And today, listen, maybe it's your desire to say yes to Jesus. If that's you, can I invite you to say a simple prayer with me? Would you say these words? Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creation. And help me to follow you every day of my life. And it's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Today, can we celebrate those who prayed that prayer and made that decision? Listen, I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet all across this auditorium. And those who are sitting at home, go ahead and stand to your feet too. I know you need the stretch. But listen, I, I want to do this today because it's important that we remember we never lose sight of this. We don't just go to church. We are the church. So as we go, I want us to go understanding that we are being sent we're not dismissing church. Church isn't over because you are the church. But we're going as a people who are sent on assignment to love and serve people, to, to live out what we're passionate about here at Life Center, to help people know Jesus and make him known. That's why we do what we do. So God, I pray that you would send us out on assignment this week. Every community, every city, every apartment complex, every workplace. God, may we be your hands and feet. In Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week. God bless.